You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjax.com. Um, you know, uh, last week, uh, one of the, it was amazing, I, I, Courtney, just so thankful that we suckered her into being a part of our church so she can speak when I'm not here. She's amazing, amazing. We're so thankful for that. We took a team last week to Chicago and uh, maybe we can have it here. Church, we have church here every Sunday. Um, I'm not sure what that means, but anyway, am I echoing? What's going on with my voice here? Bring it down. Bring it down. Bring me down. Um, but we went to Chicago, and uh, one of the neat things that God is starting to do by His hand and not ours, we aren't advertising or doing anything different, but He's beginning to open up opportunities for our leadership to be involved in bringing the ministry of the Spirit and the model of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Spirit that we do at the end of our service into other churches. We knew that that was going to happen. We've been patient, and we've just been doing our thing. And whenever we come back from these trips, you know, uh, people are always going like, hey, why doesn't that stuff happen at our church? And uh, what's funny about that statement is that it's happening so much at our church that you become used to it, which is good. It's become normal for you. You would be shocked and surprised at the response we get from people whenever we say to them, all right, we're going to hold out our hands and close our eyes. We're like, oh, what, what is that? What do you mean we're going to do? What is that going to look like? What's that going to do? But it's just, it's amazing. The ministry we did last week was really cool. We saw amazing. Uh, basically, we went to this church. I was interested in the, uh, learning about the Holy Spirit. We kind of did a life course weekend with him a little bit. And um, I spoke three times, and we did like a night healing service. It was really cool. It was really cool. But we saw physical healings. We, had, we, had, we taught them how to do our ministry model. We taught them how to pray for one another in, in, in a normal way. Uh, we taught Will in a normal way. Is this normal? Everybody stretch out your hands. No, that's not normal. Will's rookie in training, and he can handle this. So don't come up to me afterwards like, why you pointed out like that? It's okay, Will. You probably didn't know that you said it, but you did. You asked us to raise the antenna of God towards people as if we have like, you know, like one to twin powers activate, form of prayer lightning. (laughs) That's okay. We know that some churches do that, but we don't because that's awkward for everybody who's visiting today. They're like, oh, brother, here we go. I don't want to be seen doing this, and honey, we are never coming back. But, um, but you know, we, just te- we, we really feel to be a church that's called to normalize the work of the Spirit in, in everyday life. And that's what we taught on, that's what we did, and that's the model that we create, and that we were taught, and that's what we bring. With us. We saw physical healings. We saw a lady that we taught to pray. First time she started praying for someone, she's like, I'm not sure about this. She, she has arthritis in her hands. She starts praying for the person, and she's, her hand starts to tingle. She's like, God's going to bring healing to this person. And her, she was healed. And, her, and, and she said she felt this, like, heat in her, in her hand and all the way up her arm. She had a dislocated shoulder. Her hand was healed of arthritis, and her shoulder was, was healed also. When she was praying for someone else, it's just like, you know, if I would have scripted it, I would have been like someone was praying for her. But that's not how God did it. But we saw lots of physical healings, emotional stuff, spiritual stuff going on. Um, God doing inner healing in the midst of prayer ministry. I mean, crazy, crazy cool stuff. And what's so fun... And what's so cool about it is that um, 
You know, the team we took, we're, just, we're all just normal folks. It's, it's what we do here every Sunday. And everything that we do, everything that we take has been happening here for seven years. And so every Sunday, we don't miss out on anything. There's nothing that's absent whenever, our, whenever I'm absent. I mean, my primary responsibility is to not teach on Sunday. My responsibility is to lead the church. And so when we have other speakers teach, great, then that's what God's doing. And to be a part of that is exciting and it's fun. You know, this week, Brian Baggs is up teaching at our Charlotte plant. You know, not our plant, but our Charlotte sister church. You know, Al's wife, Nikki, has cancer and has been in surgery. And so I went up there a few weeks ago. Brian's up there this weekend. And we just, we love to do that. We love to bring what God's doing here to the next place. And we're starting to be, we've been contacted since last weekend of another church that's excited about us coming and being a part of working out the work and the gifts of the Spirit in a normal way, just duplicating what any one of us, anybody who's a part of this family could go with us on one of these deals and just do the ministry model. And it was so cool being a part of that. I was with Paul Buckley the whole weekend, which was awesome. He wanted me to send his love and regards to everybody here. He, he misses everybody, and him and Lex uh, are doing, uh, I would say that they're, they're up and down. They're up and down. You can continue to pray for them. And uh, some exciting things are going on in their life, but he wanted me to make sure that I said hello to everybody. Um, but we have, uh, you know, in these last few weeks, it's been a hard stretch for our church. There's been a number of, um, not a large number, you know. There's been uh, three families, four families have been affected by death. Um, Parker Schaffer and uh, Dave Dalton, Terry Sweet have all passed away in these last few weeks. We lost Sophie this weekend, and, uh, which is a close, close friend of ours as well. And, um, you know, one of the things that God's been working on in my heart is uh, I've been reading a book on the 23rd Psalm. And so I thought, man, how appropriate is that? That this is something that God's laid on my heart in the midst of people in our church that are, are struggling, going through a difficult time, going through suffering of death and of loss. And so what I'm going to do is deviate um, this week at least, maybe longer, on Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. And just I want to speak into and read this psalm today. And I'm just going to talk about the first line of the psalm because uh, we just feel like that's what, that's what God's doing this morning. And that's what we want to do. We always want to be where God is, doing what God is doing. And um, if you're thinking, well, I haven't suffered loss. I'm doing just fine. Uh, that's okay. This psalm speaks of something deeper than just people who are suffering and loss or walking through the valley of death. This psalm is primarily about Jesus and the importance of Jesus in our life, being close to Jesus in our life. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this psalm, and then we're just going to spend some time uh, sifting through what does it mean that Jesus is our good shepherd? What does it mean to make Jesus our good shepherd? What are the blessings and promises of this psalm, and how do they relate to me? Um, just in the midst of the service, we had someone come up who had a word for people in our church that felt like God was wanting to bring healing today to people who felt rejected, people who believed a lie that nobody liked them, that nobody accepted them, that they don't have any friends, that there's a loneliness that they're struggling with. And, uh, and this is what the psalm is really about as we come to know who Jesus is. And so wherever you are spiritually, whether you're on a high or you're on a low, the promise of Jesus uh, can be found in the blessings of this psalm. And so I'm going to read through it, and we're going to launch into it, and we're going to have ministry time, and, and we'll see what God does. This is what Psalm 23 says. That's the first verse of Psalm 23, but I'll read the whole thing. The Lord is my, there we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, open the eyes of our heart, of our spirit, to understand what the truth is in this psalm that you want to teach us today. Amen. Oh, my neck sore. This is the most important thing to understand about Psalm 23. If you hear nothing else, listen to this one line. We could go into ministry after this one line. The most important thing to understand about Psalm 23 is that it is about our relationship to the shepherd. When we get him, we get everything in this psalm. And everything in our life becomes secondary. If we understand that the blessings of this psalm are a promise from our shepherd, from Jesus... If we understand that, then we draw towards Jesus, and we understand that he's the priority in our life, then we get everything that this psalm offers us. But without a relationship with Jesus, a friendship with Jesus, a real relationship, like a real friendship with Jesus, there is no promise or guarantee that you will ever experience any of the blessings in this psalm. Without Jesus, you get nothing. With Jesus, you get everything. Without Jesus, you get nothing. And see, a lot of us spend a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of money buying gadgets, pursuing people, pursuing relationships, spending money on therapy, spending money on medicine, spending money on food, vacation, this, that, and the other. All trying to find what this psalm promises will naturally come when we pursue Jesus. We spend time, don't we, trying to find still water. I just want things to be calm in my life. We spend time. I just want rest, Lord. Just bring, I just want rest in green pastures. I want restoration for my soul. I want my soul is anxious. There's a restlessness in my soul. And Augustine said, you know, your soul will remain restless until it finds its rest in Christ. I just want comfort. I'm a comfort person. These are all things that are promised in this psalm. If you have Jesus, you have these things. But we instead go after comfort, don't we? We instead go after stillness. We instead, we go after, I want goodness and mercy. I want to be a good person. I want to be a person that extends mercy. I want that for my children. I want that in my life. And so we go after those things at the expense of going after Jesus. And we spend a lot of time and energy and money seeking to get rid of fear and evil in our life, don't we? We build fences around our house to protect us from evil. We send our kids to private school to protect us from evil. We go to college to make money so that we don't fear. And so we spend a lot of time, a lot, not that any of those things are bad. We spend a lot of time and a lot of money, a lot of effort and on all the promises of this psalm, missing the main point, which is if you have Jesus, he promises that you will have all those things. The psalm is less about where we go, still waters, green pastures, and how we get there, and is about whom we're going with. This psalm is about Jesus, the shepherd who's taking us to these places in our relationship with him. And you might think, really? 
Is that really, is it really more important? Is who we travel in life with more important than where we go or what we do? Is that really true? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I thought about that for a second. I thought if I had the opportunity to go and to do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, unlimited resources, would that be enough? Or is who I'm traveling with more important? It's freaking absolutely more important. How many of you have been on a vacation with a jack wagon? Like you have like six of your friends in the jack wagon. And it just, he ruins or she ruins the whole vacation, right? Like, man, I couldn't see it. I was about to punch him in the throat. He was driving me crazy. The whole time I couldn't even enjoy the view. I couldn't even enjoy my other friends. I couldn't even have a good time. Why? Because of the jack wagon person that you were with driving you crazy. Could it be true that the Bible actually makes practical sense? Imagine that. That David knew something here. That he knew if we were traveling with Jesus, then it didn't matter where we were going. If we were traveling with Jesus, the circumstances of our life, we would find peace and stillness and comfort and goodness and mercy in. I think that's absolutely true. Because we all have stories like that. We all have had a roommate that just, you know, it's, we just don't connect with. And you're like, I'd sacrifice it. I, I would live, I would, you know, get rid of that one person and I'll sleep on the floor the rest of my life. As long as that one person is not here, I just can't handle it. I mean, we, we've all been there. We all, that is just a reality. That's the truth. And David knows this is true. He knows that this is true. That with Jesus, with Jesus, the journey becomes Jesus. With Jesus, he becomes the destination. With Jesus, he becomes the still water. With Jesus, he is comfort. With Jesus, we f- I mean, he is goodness. He is mercy to, to us. You know, I think it's, you know, vacation, that, that analogy. You know, on vacations, you create memories with people, don't you? You create memories, and they can either be good memories or bad memories. And I think it's why it's so hard to lose, you know, to lose a loved one, to lose a pet, to lose a friend, to lose, to lose when people move away even. Because in our hearts, we've created memories of the journey we've been on with them. You know, have you ever looked through a photo album and you've seen pictures that people have taken on vacation and there's no one in them? What do you do? You just flip the page. It's like you want to see the people in the pictures. If we're not creating memories with Jesus, then ours are, we don't know Jesus. And if we don't know the good shepherd, then there will be no peace in our life. There'll be no rest for our soul, and there will be no absence of fear. Without Jesus, there is no goodness and mercy Without Jesus, there's no comfort. Without the presence of Jesus, what do we have? Without Jesus, we're left with nothing. We're left with no one to share life with, to create memories with. When was the last time you created a memory with Jesus? When was the last time or even right now as you sit there and I say that and you're wondering, what the heck is he talking about? When was the last time you can think of, of having a moment 
with Jesus. Something that sticks out. Something that tugs on your heart. Something that you can look back to and you're like, yeah, oh, I know what he's been. I haven't had one of those in 10 years. Or I had one of those when I became a Christian. The Holy Spirit is all about creating memories with Jesus. This week, I walked into a staff person's office to talk business with them, and they're like weeping. And I'm like, oh, brother, what do I do now? Because that's usually what I cause, you know, I just did something wrong, I hurt somebody or whatever, and they're like, I'm having this moment with Jesus. I'm like, get a hold of yourself. No, I didn't say that, but... I was like, and they couldn't talk to me. I mean, they were like caught up. I'm like... I want to hear about it. Tell me what happened. And they just went on to just say, like I was just worshiping and I was in the middle of this and God did this. And I just, and they couldn't even talk to me about it. They couldn't explain what he was doing. Like they, they couldn't explain what they were experiencing. But what was happening is they were creating a memory with Jesus. Jesus was saying, let me remind you of my goodness. Let me remind you of my mercy and the, the rest that I have for your soul. The healing that I have for you. You know, I left there longing for a memory with Jesus. And I, it really stuck with me. And when I couldn't sleep later that night, I, I thought, well, I'm going to have a memory. I'm going to create a memory with Jesus. And I went online. I found an album. That I, 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 there's a song that, I've been, that we sang last week in Chicago that we've never sung here. And I went and downloaded the whole album, went on the couch. And for an hour, from two to three, I just said, well, Jesus, here we are. Let's create a memory. Come Holy Spirit. And I just listened to the album and just sat in God's presence for an hour. And how we create memories with Jesus is unique from one person to the next. But the the desire of Jesus and where this psalm leads us is into a position of creating relationship with Jesus. Identifying that we are on a journey with a person who loves us, who cares about us more than anything. And in our journey with him will bring us the things of this psalm, but only as we come to him first. If you take the shepherd out of the psalm, there's no promise of anything. But the psalm is about the shepherd, the person of Jesus, inviting you into a relationship. And if you look at this psalm and you see the blessings And you say, I want those. I need those. Just know that they will not come to you except through Jesus. And you might be thinking, well, man, well, that seems kind of easy. I have all this. My life's kind of jacked up. I'm kind of lonely. I'm kind of uncomfortable. I'm kind of, I need rest. I need these things. Why don't we just get right with Jesus? Why does it, why don't, why don't, if that's the means to an end, then why don't we just get right with Jesus so that we can get what we want? Well, people do that called prosperity theology. <laughs> I'll get Jesus, and then I'll get the Cadillac, and I'll get the big house, and i get the jet, and I'll get this, I'll get that, I'll get that. But that's not how it works. Or you might be thinking, well, I am right with Jesus. So now that I'm right with Jesus, then I can go after the things that I want. But we must understand this. That's not how it works, and it will not happen that way. And you can make it happen that way, but it will not be Jesus. That's not how he works. He loves us too much and wants to be in relationship with us too much to allow our emotional, our physical, and our spiritual needs to get in the way of us coming to him. And so many times I talk to especially young people, they're like, I don't know why this is happening to me. I'm like, seriously? You really don't know why that's happening to you. Look at the way you're living. You're living apart from the shepherd. 
And when you lead a life or live a life that's away from Jesus, don't expect any of the blessings to come that are in the psalm. Don't expect to find rest if you're away from the shepherd. Don't expect to find goodness in your life if you're away from the shepherd. Don't expect to find mercy or comfort for your soul or restoration of your soul if you're living in a way that separates you from the shepherd or, 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 or moves you, not separates, but moves you to a point where you can't hear his voice, his calling, his leading in your life. Before you can get the satisfaction from the shepherd, you must get close to the shepherd. If you want the things of the psalm, the satisfaction that comes from those things in the psalm, we have to draw close to the shepherd. So we see this connection between receiving Jesus, following Jesus, pursuing Jesus. And as we do, as we get him, we realize that he is where we find. It's in relationship with him that we find still water, rest for our souls, green pastures, comfort, goodness, and mercy. Only in being close to to Jesus, can the shepherd lead us? In John 10, 3 and 4, it says, To him, the get, Jesus says, To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. 10, 3, he calls his own sheep by name. Does Jesus... Does he know your name? Are you in a relationship with Jesus? Is there an absence of these things in this psalm in your life? Because if there is, it may be, it may be that you need to come to the shepherd for the first time. And begin a relationship with him. When he thinks of you, can he recall intimate memories? Because don't you know that he does? Don't you know that that's probably the thing that Jesus loves the most as he sits with his Father in heaven is recalling the memories that you've created with him, being with him, acknowledging the sacrifice that he's made in his life to bring intimacy with him in your life. And then in verse 4 it says, The sheep follow him because they know his voice. You only know a person's voice by talking with them. You only know a person's voice by talking with them. Hearing the different tones and inflections that come out in the different conversations that you have. You know, I thought about this. I thought, you know, if I heard Laura whisper to me something, I would know it was her. If I heard her scream at me, I'd know that was her too. (laughs) If I knew that if we were just talking, I could tell that it was her. But if I picked a random person out of the crowd, even a friend, and they wish, a, a friend that I was not used to being, you know, this is, good, well, I got to be careful here. If one of you that I was not intimate with whispered something intimate to me, even though I knew you, I wouldn't know it was you because, like, that's not right. Like, I don't, I've never heard you in that context. Or if you called me on the phone and you started screaming at me, and I never heard you screaming at me before, I was like, who is this? Who's, who's screaming at me? Like, I might know our normal conversation voice, but if I've never heard you in that context, and it's the same thing with Jesus. The more memories we create with him, the more experiences we have with him, the more intimacy, the more anger that we get out towards him, the more we're honest with him, the more we walk in life together, the more we create different contexts of different experiences with different memories and different tones of talking with different volumes, 
the more familiar we are with the shepherd. And the easier it is for us to be led by him because we will know his voice. And when people tell me, I never hear from the spirit, my first question is, are you spending time with the shepherd? Or are you just talking to the shepherd, asking for things from the shepherd? I want peace. I want stillness. I want, and he will not give it until you come to him. He loves you too much. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Want what? David leaves that. It's like an incomplete sentence. What's up with that? David wasn't good at grammar, obviously. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Want what? David leaves the sentence blank so you get to fill it in. What is it that you want? Possessions, money, new car, new house, new marriage, new grades. These are often things that we think we possess but actually possess us at the expense of us possessing Jesus. These are often things that we think we possess, that we think we need, we think we go after to find stillness and peace and rest. And all the things I just talked about, we get these and we'll get that, but we don't. And what happens is they end up possessing us at the expense of us being possessed by Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It's only in coming to know Jesus in relationship and intimacy that we will realize that the Lord is my shepherd. I have want of nothing. I I need nothing but Jesus. The possessions in our life are often the things that flood our memories. And push out our memories with Jesus. John Piper says in his book, Hunger for God, if you don't feel a strong desire for the manifestation of the glory of God, of relationship with God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Your soul is stuffed with small things and there's no room for the great. When we experience the love of Jesus or life as a sheep that belongs to the good shepherd, we will not hunger any longer for the things of the world. It doesn't mean that God won't give them to us. It doesn't mean that we don't need them. It doesn't mean that we can't have them. It means that they will not possess us. When we are possessed by Jesus, nothing that this world offers us can hold a candle to him. What is it this morning that you want more than Jesus? What is your want in your life? Is it peace? Still water, control, comfort, power, relationship, new marriage, happiness? I mean, what is it that you want? Money, sex? I mean, what is it that if it was taken away from you, you would get upset, you would get angry. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want anything but you, Jesus. That's the invitation that God extends this morning. We're gonna stand now and move into ministry. As I was praying about that, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, let's create some memories Let's create some memories with Jesus this morning.
Let's create opportunity for Jesus to move into the parts of our heart that are broken, where we need stillness, where we need restoration, where we need calm, where we need peace, and give him the opportunity to become those things in our life as opposed to going to him for asking for them. So let's just, if our ministry team could come forward, that'd be great. Um, And if anybody else.